That was um, Master of Puppets, famously sung by the Beatles. Master of Puppets by the Beatles um, before Ringo died. Hello, what's going on? That's a strange intro, isn't it? What's going on? It's uh, it's a day. Who knows what day this is? If you're on the Patreon, it's actually a day earlier than whatever day it is. It's what we do over there at the Patreon. Seamless. We uh, time travel, essentially. Just one day early for stuff like the podcast, maybe even a week early for the podcast, and uh, specific merch drops from the Downbeat merchandise, the Downbeat clothing brand, of course, famously separate from the podcast. Um, for legal reasons, uh, www.thedownbe.at, so it's supposed to be, you can fucking go and look, there's new stuff. Unless you're on the Patreon, in which case, you're too early, there's not new stuff. Ah, what have I been doing? Lockdown finished-ish, haven't done anything different, I'm doing more of these, twitching, playing the drums. I'm ready to do some video podcasts, actually, guys, I've started, um, I've started getting them ready, I've started asking people who are in the Glasgow area on tour coming up. You want to do a podcast? We'll do it video. We'll do it live. Already got people booked in. How sick is that? It's going to look like Christopher fucking Nolan making a shitty little fucking podcast about music. Sick. My guest this week is Josh Smith from North Lane. The Australian North Lane famous astro why do i keep saying famous what's wrong with me um yeah he plays a guitar in north lane but also what i learned is that he's also a manager of some bands like make them suffer another big australian fucking monster band super good band and he's also the best at exercising fucking what are they called decathlons is that the shop or the thing triathlon that's the one something like that I'll just pick stuff up and put them back down again but he's into actual health so we talk about that we talk about black metal for a bit we talk about uh, everything I just mentioned that he does they're in the studio right now recording a new album which is sort of a scoop but not a scoop they've rented a big house for it he's going to tell you all about it right now it's Josh on the Dowie podcast from North Lane Smith What time is it? What are you doing? It's 4.58. At this time of day, my brain turns to complete fucking mush. Um, I, I struggle in the afternoons because I drink too much coffee throughout the day. I've got one right here. Um, nice mug you got there. Thanks. It's an architect's mug. Yeah. Very What very coffee cool. are you drinking? What you got? What you got there? Well, let me backpedal a little. I'm at a house in the Dandenong Mountains, uh, just outside of Melbourne, because uh, we're doing a new Northlane album here. And Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Fucking say what I want. <laughs> no, I just mean, is it like, is that a scoop? Yeah. Uh, because I didn't know that. It's not entirely <laughs> a scoop. Uh, like, we, we posted a few videos on our socials, but... um. Yeah, we're not keeping it a secret. Um, right, and, well, it's and, not a secret now. Yeah, anyway, I brought my Mocker Master up here, like a batch brew machine. 
and it, it's been going like 24 hours a day um so yeah that's what i'm drinking Got are they some, are they worth it oh mate look well i can't answer that question because my um beautiful wonderful partner angie actually bought it for my birthday last year but i've used it every single day since then so is Fuck it worth yeah. it a hundred percent they taste i hear, great. I hear yeah. good things like so, like I'm drinking a V60 now, and it's just sometimes I just can't be bothered to yeah, sit there. And it's a, it's a lot of faff. I used to do V60s a lot as well. Um, I like the Mocha Master because it's got a hot plate, stays warm. You don't have to worry like because the V60s I was making are like quite large, um, and then it'd go cold after you have your first cup. So after that, you're drinking cold piss. But um, yeah. Mocha so where Master. are you? The the fucking Dandelion Mountains. <laughs> Dandy Nong. Dan, dandy fucking Nong. Dandy Nong. What, you got like a little house? It's a big house, actually. It's really nice. For recording it, everyone living in there. Um, Nick Pedersen isn't here yet. Um, he's recording his drums afterwards back in Sydney at a studio there. But the rest of us are here with Chris Blancato, who... Um, kind of engineered our last album who's doing this one as well and the house it's it's like it's pretty lush pretty nice um, we've all got our own space for once really beats like four or five of us sharing a fucking couch yeah. and having mice run over us in the night like it's a big step up from some of the places is, where I <laughs> had to sleep Will, in the Will Putney dig that's not a Will Putney dig. Is that a Will Putney dig? Because I've met that mouse. <laughs> I love I've Will. met that fucking mouse up, oh, 100%. I mean, he's not there anymore. He's got a new fucking yeah, plush, his, plush complex. I heard his new digs are great. But yeah, anyway, we th- this house, though, I, I really struck gold with it because it's like cheaper than hiring a studio every day. But you have accommodation Fuck as yeah. well, and, and it's like an hour from where most of us live, so that's awesome. But um, it also has like a cinema. So the person who oh, built no this house way. is fucking loaded because it has a cinema with like eight of those. You know when you go to the, I don't know how what it's like in the UK, but here we've got like movies that you can pay twenty bucks or twenty five bucks to go to, and then there's like gold class and lux and all that shit the, depending the nicest and seats. it's like 50 to 70 bucks and the seats are sick it's got like eight of those seats in it um Fuck yeah. and it, and it's acoustically treated amazingly well and chris thinks it sounds better than his studio at home and it's isolated so it's like perfect it couldn't be any better so you're tracking in the cinema pretty much yeah I thought you were just going to say some fucking North Lane shit like, yeah, so we're watching The Matrix like every day. <laughs> <laughs> no. no I, my other favourite feature as well is the, um, it, it's there's like incredible views of the city and like a spa on, a, on the deck overlooking them. So I've been oh, making man, use of it so every sick. night. Yeah. It's great. It's unreal. Fuck yeah. So what's your, what's your normal day in the studio? Um, well... Because it's four o'clock and you're talking to me. You can't yeah. be doing it. So when we work in the studio, like John pretty much records all the guitar and bass. I don't have a lot to do with it. 
in the past i'd like sit over his shoulder and shit but now i'm just too busy with my management stuff that i do so i'm kind of dropping in on him and marcus here and there um it's only early days though so it might change but today i woke up at 5 30 um rode my bike down the base of the mountain to the swimming pool trained at the pool for an hour and a half then did some training on the bike finished up at about 9 30 it was at my desk by 10 i've just been working here all day um did a bit of work with marcus on vocal stuff and now i'm talking to you a fucking busy guy you got up at 5 30 on purpose yeah that's what i do man you're like one of those <laughs> fucking guys now i am what, well, like- i used to be before i got into music at at and the cl- drinking and drinking yeah um i well when i was a teenager i was an elite swimmer and then i got into triathlon so i was a triathlete uh, that's where you got that fucking v taper from yeah. i always see it i always used to think like yeah, josh's got some shit about him he's got some shoulders <laughs> <laughs> you got that swimmer shoulder right anyway um i got back in a like i, I used to do cycling more in the triathlon off season because you can't do triathlon in winter it's just too cold um even in your winter your winter's fucking summer mate, melbourne's fucking cold man it is, is it? freezing yeah i used to live in canberra which is even worse it's fucking well, how cold. freezing is freezing like freezing freezing like, like zero degrees yeah no but australia man, doesn't melbourne, get that cold melbourne in winter is like almost as bad as uk winter but not quite like maybe they, a they, few they, degrees warmer but just as shit and rainy and cold yeah but anyway, I, I used to do, yeah, the cycling, like I used to be in a cycling club and race that in the winter and then got into music, decided I just wanted to like drink a bottle of red wine on stage every night and be a pisshead. That's, that's, that's the Josh that I know. Yeah, everyone knows that Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe, oh, it would have been almost, probably about 18 months ago, so maybe six months before COVID kicked off, I got back into cycling, like in a big way. Um, And then I kind of, yeah, it it kind of kept me on the straight and narrow through all the shit that we've had to deal with as musicians because, you know, it's really easy for me to just fucking get pissed every night and be miserable and fat. But um, I got into that and that kind of saved me from falling off the wagon um and i you know decided i needed more goals to work towards so i decided to get back into triathlon and i have a coach and everything but i've I've like been really disciplined with my training for that and most mornings i'm up at about 5 30 because i like to kind of get all my training done in the morning by the time the music industry is awake like i'm at my desk anyway and then i just go to sleep early so it's like how early uh like 10 30 11 that's still that's still quite late for a 5 a.m wake <laughs> you get used See, to I, it I had a i've nap done today. the opposite i can't do naps i wish i could i just can't do it i like if i nap i like freak out and then <laughs> when i go to bed that night 
I can't sleep. It's a fucking whole thing. Um, my, I did the opposite to everyone else with the pandemic. Like when I'm on tour, I'm pretty, because I play shit if I'm hungover. I'm pretty fucking, I'll drink if we've got a day off or I'll have a couple of beers a night, but I won't get like hammered, hammered. Pandemic, hammered every day. Like <laughs> I did fucking, that at the start. A full fucking year of it. I've yeah. only just come out of it. But you guys had it worse than us. Like, I remember when we were going through the really bad lockdowns in Melbourne. Like, if you got some bad news, I'd just be like, fuck it. I'm drinking two bottles of wine tonight. It's insane, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? Uh, Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's depressing. I don't really want to talk about it, but. Nah, we won't. But, like, you know, yeah, I'm one of those guys again. And, um, what, like,. I've raced two Olympic distance triathlons this year so far. Um, And now I'm working towards Ironman. So I'm doing... What's an Ironman? um, It's like a longer distance triathlon. Come on, give me the numbers. There's going to be some fucking exercise nerds listening. I want to know. Let me pull them up. Pull it up. Because I've fucking... I've gotten myself into shit and I'm not entirely sure. So the ones that I'm doing is are called Ironman seventy point three. So used to be known as half Ironman. Refers to the total miles covered: one point two mile swim, fifty six mile bike, and thirteen point one mile go. run. Yeah, in one go. How long's the run? Half marathon. Fuck that. So, for kilometers, it's 1.9, 90, and 21.1. And then full Ironman... 90. Yeah. Full Ironman is double that, which that'll be next year, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Start start small. What the fuck do you think of when you're doing that shit? Do you just love (sighs) it? Surely it must be hard. You know what? It's it's funny because it's like... I... I don't know. Like it's sadistic. Yeah. So when I was racing, like before I got back into triathlon, I was racing criteriums, like cycling criteriums, which are like small street circuit races that are like really fast and actually pretty dangerous. Like there'd be a crash every week and someone would be carried out in an ambulance and I'd just be like, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't belong here. Jesus. This is fucking stupid and nuts. Um, But when I did my first triathlon, I I was like, fuck, I actually really love this shit because I'm crazy. I I don't know. I just enjoy it, man. It's like I, I went through a phase when I was younger where I was really into weightlifting and and like you know i know you do that and it's yeah i guess it's like the races because they're so brutal are like a really great payoff for the training that you have to put in because the training is like the hard part the race is the easy part where you're kind of rewarded for that it's like practicing and then writing songs and going through all the hardships of being a musician and then being rewarded by playing a really good show that's what it feels like. But playing a really good show isn't fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Nah, I know. I get it. There's like, there must be like, I don't know. This is going to sound dark as fuck. I feel like even with weightlifting or stuff like that, there's like an element of fucking, with me anyway, there's an element of self-hate. Yeah. It's like, I want to fucking, I hate this person and I want to crush them to build them back better. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. I think some people have it and some people don't have it. Like, yeah. if I'm in the gym and I miss miss something like i miss my reps or whatever or my weight i'll do a punishment set set yeah. after it and it'll be drop down and fucking try to kill yourself no 100 percent. i like my coach writes me a program that i have to follow really strictly um but occasionally i'll get carried away and he'll have a laugh about it but i, I know exactly what you're talking about and it's like it's self-conviction and it, and it's something yeah. that's super important to have. Like I, I developed those skills as a teenager because I was like, when I was going to like high school, I was training two hours before school in the pool, and then I'd go to school, and then depending on the day of the week, like the busiest days would be an hour in the gym after that, another two hours swim session, then I'd go home and do my homework. So, like, I, I grew up living like this and it, it's kind of nice to go back to it because it just makes me feel a lot better about myself, you know? That's good to hear. Yeah. I like hearing people, like, getting back into something healthy during all this shit because yeah. I know a lot of people who did the opposite, <laughs> including, including oh, myself. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I got too much responsibility these days and too many people relying on me for me to go that way i think well let's let's dip into that then um because uh you said talked about your management what's going on there who are you Um, managing i have a management company with a guy called chris o'brien called open door management um you you guys own the company it's your own thing yeah we're partners in it and then we have another manager on board called Roy Amar. Um, I manage Northlane myself. And then Chris and I manage Make Them Suffer. And oh, we, sick. And we manage um, a band called Wind Waker, which are like, a, they just recorded their debut record and it's fucking phenomenal and they're going to blow up. I think they're really great. Um Go on, get a plug in. What kind of shit is it? Mm, it's just, it's really interesting. You're gonna, it's like really accessible. I guess you could call it rock music, but it's got like a metal edge to it. Um, but it's not like, I don't mean like singy choruses with metal verses, like most metalcore bands. It's yeah. I wouldn't even call it metalcore. It's just really fresh and interesting. They're like, they're pretty young, and I I really like working with them because they give me a lot of inspiration because when you're working, you know, I'm not going to say my band or like any particular bands that I work with, but a lot of artists, once they get to our age, they're pretty fucking jaded. So to see like how pumped these guys get, you know, on what they're doing and how exciting I think their music is, it really raises my spirits, which is something, you know, at the moment that doesn't go astray. Um, So like if you give them... You tell them this is your two dates. There's a 16-hour drive in between the two, and they're like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, 
pretty much. Oh, I wish that was still me. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly I don't know. what you're fucking talking about. I'm spoiled baby now. Yeah. I'm fucking spoiled little <laughs> baby. But like, yeah, <laughs> working with them just, yeah, fucking, I don't know, just jeez me up. Um, I got another developing act that we haven't announced yet. Um, and there's one other that's looking pretty likely too that are more of like a legacy band. I can't Ooh, drop names. No scoops though. No scoops. Yeah, I just can't do it. Um, but yeah, it's it. That's like pretty much all I do now. Like Chris has kind of taken over the shop because I had boutique sounds as well. Um, and which I, was a shop, but you also had a podcast. Have yeah, a podcast. yeah. I did a podcast for it. Yeah. Did. Is that a yeah, stop that? Yeah, I, man, I just, I've got my fucking hands in too many pies. Like I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're fucking racking them up here. Yeah, I... Uh, I fucking um, 100 miles of fucking <laughs> bullshit and then... You know what's funny? Like, you'd think with all the training and shit that I do that I'll get less done, but I get more done because I fuck around less. So, like, when I'm yeah. at my desk, I'm working, I'm not procrastinating... I'm way more focused and I'm not hung over all the time, which is sick. But yeah, I mean, like for me, um, just I, I kind of figured out what I should be doing. And and the management thing's interesting because I, I never wanted to do it. I managed a band in collaboration with my old manager. I'm saying the word manage a lot. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> A long time ago and, and it wasn't a great experience and it really put me off ever doing it again and I swore that I never would. And then I got it put in a position where I had to take over North Lane's management because we were in a really shit spot and we got cut loose from our management company and no one at that stage wanted to take us on. So, and, and we had a lot of problems to fix too. We actually, Silent Plug, did a documentary about all that called Negative Energy, which you can watch on YouTube for free. But that's how I got back into managing. Nice plug. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's the sort of shit a manager would do. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got back into managing and it was terrifying at first, but I was like, you know what? I actually have the aptitude to do this. I have the skills. Like I went to uni for... Um, like kind of related stuff so i i kind of know what i'm doing i think but you then, can't say that and then not <laughs> tell me what you went to uni for i i did economics and marketing there we go yeah now we're talking but now i dropped that big brain shit yeah i dropped out in my last year to go on tour though so i never got Doesn't my degree fucking matter. you still fuck yeah but you still learn all the shit yeah exactly um some of the shit that I learned, like I never used, but some of it was really helpful, like your stats and business management skills and especially marketing. But um, yeah, what the fuck am I? I'm just fucking so lost. I've been No, you're, talk, you're talking about how you got into <laughs> managing your uh, friend. Yeah. Was that before so, Node? Just before Node? No, it was after was it Mes... After that? No, it was after Mesmer came out, our fourth album... Uh, we talked. I first met you just before Mesmer came out, didn't I? Mm, so that yeah. album came out, and shit was bad. 
for us. And that's when I took on management. And then... Nice. Yeah, the lowest point we've ever been. Um, Why was it so bad? Come on. Uh, we were in a abhorrent amount of debt. Um, no one was coming to our shows anymore. We weren't getting any tour offers. And um, we were... What was the debt from? That's a good question. It had kind of accumulated over time from like unpaid um, like travel account expenses. There was like a fucking credit card and shit. And I, I there's not... I have to be really careful what I say here. Um, That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a management test. <laughs> I can't go into I can't go into these details, but I want to know whose fucking fault it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Carry on. I don't want to get sued. Um, oh, fuck! You are a manager. Look at this fucking businessman. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone can't see, which is everyone except me, he's wearing a suit and tie. I'm wearing a fucking Slayer right. shirt that's got really he's weird got looking a, stains. Don't on it. listen to him. He's lying. He's got a fucking <laughs> a suit and tie, but it's like a weird tuxedo thing. Like almost like he's uh, trying too hard. Look. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm gonna get to the fucking point. I got us out of it. We put Alien out. It did really, really well. Things have been great ever since. Um, well, but you can't do that because we've got a podcast to do. <laughs> I can pull it apart if you want, but... No, nah, not really. What, I want to know... What my point was is like some friends of mine that also play in bands saw what I was doing and said that they wanted to work with me explicitly. And I said, oh, fuck. I can't take anything on myself. So I partnered up with Chris O'Brien. We started the management company and now we've taken a few acts on board. And that was, was that make them suffer? Was like, come on, do us. Yes. Yeah. Cause that I, so fucking good. I know. I used to live with Nick. He used to live uh, like in the same house as me above me. And we used to share a studio room. And holy fuck, that guy works hard, man. He he would be at his desk night and day writing, playing guitar all the time. And he's a fucking monster guitar player. He's so good. He's Him and, and Tom from your band are the only guys that I know in this kind of realm of music, loosely, that are single guitar players. And that is something that's really hard to do very well, you know. Um, and he's one of them. He's just absolutely brilliant. I think he's so underrated. But yeah, um, fucking awesome. I don't band. think I could go back to being in a band with two guitarists. Yeah. From a drummer's point of view, it's just glorious. I've got one person to lock in, well, one main person to like lock in with guitar wise. You've not got, like, obviously you've explained it's not a problem, but. What like you just candidly? A lot of people probably don't know that mo most albums, when they get recorded, one guitarist records everything. Mm. But there is a point in every fucking guitarist who isn't the guy that records everything's life where that is soul crushing, and they insist oh, on fuck. let me do it. Let me. I, I'll do this song, and it's just worse for everyone. It's worse for the Look, producer. He has to edit two fucking different types of guitarists. Go on, go on, come on. If I give one piece of advice to people listening, it is that 
find what you're best at and just fucking do that and don't try and put your your dick or your whatever where it doesn't belong for me shit isn't it yeah so here's the thing in my band nobody has the skills i have i have to do this because by me managing the band we make way more money because we're not paying commissions to anyone and they trust me to do it which is a huge problem a lot of bands don't trust management you know that's like us and Tom. It's the same thing. <laughs> you so don't trust he, him. <laughs> no, he's like, we know he's the best for the band. Yeah, it's exactly, just- exactly. So John, on the other hand, incredibly talented songwriter, works best on his own. So I don't, you know, he when he writes, yeah, we tell him what we think. Yeah, I'm really critical of it and I give suggestions um, and all of that, but... I don't try and impose on his space because it's what he's really good at doing. And of course it makes sense for him to just go and put that to tape, you know, like, yeah, it, it, it's, there's, I mean, there's been a few instances where he's been like, can you just play this part or something? But man, it, I just think it's super counterproductive and it doesn't need to happen. Unless, unless as a band, you all write together and you all have unique parts. Like if you're a band like Carnival, for example, everyone needs to go and play their own part, really. If yeah, all but right. if it's like metalcore quad tracked and you've got some yeah. guitarist that is insisting that they play exactly the same riff, it's just going to sound worse, take twice as long. Even from like... I don't know if it's me getting into fucking old age or laziness or something. When you think of it as like a business decision, it's like, okay, you, you don't have to play on this song because it's going to be better if the other person plays on this song. And like for that person to, because of their ego to fight to do that, even though it's going to be worse and take longer, is a fucking insane business decision. Yeah. The business decision should be, oh, I have to do less? Sick. That's the, <laughs> the that's album's going to take less time and I have to do less? That's fucking perfect. And even if you're involved with the songwriting, in, instead of wasting everyone's fucking time and money, because recording is expensive, right? That's why we've gone Especially to this if you house. Do it in the cinema. Especially if <laughs> this you do house, it in the cinema. This house costs half as much per day as like the um, studio we were doing our vocals at. So, you know, from a business decision, it makes sense to record here. But that's a whole, you know, that's a whole nother thing. What I was going to say is like, if someone is really good and has all of the songs under their belt and is ready to go and you're not that person, maybe you can think about other things that you can do to make the situation better, whether it's cooking dinner for your bandmates or whether it's like... Exactly. Whether it's like, you know, maybe adding something else to another part or trying to... Go and write some lyrics, even if they're shit. Yeah, perfect a lyric or just anything that's not counterproductive, you know? And, and out of all the things that my band has been able to do, the, the one thing that we've done really, really well in that sense is what they call division of labor, which is really just finding your role in the machine and doing your job 
taking responsibility of what you have to do and nailing it. And I know Stray does it really well too. Tom has his stuff. Obviously, like, because he writes as well, he's got a lot on his plate, you know. And manages other bands. Yeah. Psycho. Absolute. I don't know. Does he sleep? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, no. I can see right now, because I've got Discord open over there, uh, Tom right now... What's the time in fucking Nashville? It's, wow, it's 4.30 a.m. Fuck me. Tom, Tom, Discord, playing Fortnite. <laughs> right now at 4.30. So he works all fucking day and then he plays Fortnite until he's, about he's fucking 4.30. He's, 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 he's got a child. Yeah, yeah, that now. too. <laughs> I'm up at 4.30 playing Fortnite. I've got Ugh. a kid. I, I don't want to sweat him, but he's one of my favorite guitar players, man. He's he's um he's really good, really really consistent. He's just unique, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, and weird weird shit. I think there's a lot of like beauty in that. That um, you know, like a lot of kids get distracted by playing really flashy shit and they miss the fundamentals that make good music. I was having a really interesting discussion with the guys in my band today and I'm not trying to rip on anyone, but um, we were just talking about how it's really interesting that some of the biggest, you know, um, I guess you could say for lack of better words, stars in music now are people that play shit on Instagram and upload it and have huge oh, followings. Right? Let's talk shit. Come on. Come on. I'm not talking shit. I'm going to, though. You're going to be very managerial and then <laughs> I'm going to talk the shit. Uh, I was yeah, just going to say that, like, you know, to me, the important thing as an artist is leaving something behind. And if you write a really good album, you know, that's got longevity. And to that's me, fucking for, for kids, that's I don't young people. I think focusing on what's really important, and that's creating you know fascinating art that stands the test of time. That's what people will remember you for. Right. So hypothetical. That's an amazing point that I don't even think I've ever thought of. It, the leaving something behind is a fucking. It's also a great way to sort of sort of dig in but without <laughs> you can without do both being, you can do without both without being whatever but do you not think that maybe the amount that people will always want to be musicians yeah people like kids are coming up now and they know that you get paid fuck all from streaming but they still want to be musicians for whatever reason um, do you not think that like the push for making content and shit like that is just a product of the fact that we are underpaid for our fundamental role. Like, everyone has to be a fucking personality if you want to make money. I've only made money in the last fucking year because I decided to be a fucking internet man. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have made any money. Strange not fucking touring. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to to skin this cat <laughs> i think i think you can you can actually make good money as a recording artist um not you not everyone can't though there's not enough there's not enough jobs for everyone that wants to be a musician to make the money they used to 
Well, let's not talk just, about... Just recording. Just recording. Yeah, let's not talk about the way things used to be because it's not relevant anymore. But what is, re- what is relevant is streaming. And if you have an audience that listens to your music and you have a big catalog and you have distribution or recording deals that give you a really good split, you can make a lot of money off streaming. Yeah, but that's that's a band that already exists. I'm talking about these kids coming up. Yeah. Can you blame them for like no. making an edited guitar video like the fucking Buried Alive guy and sticking it on fucking Instagram? Yeah, I said it. Uh, sticking it on Instagram <laughs> and then for people to be amazed and then you get half the hate because people say it's edited and half the hate and not like half the love. Like well, you can't blame people doing that. You know what? I'm fucking talking about it on a podcast. There you go. He's got well, some more press. That's the thing. Whether or not you like it, you're talking about it. People are going to check him out. It worked. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I, I think... No, no, no. I think, like, social media presence is incredibly important, especially because we can't tour. How else do you get in front of people? Right? But word of advice to people is you do all that shit but make sure that you're writing really good songs because if you want to be a career musician that's what you have to do songs are the currency in this industry Uh, you know people who play other roles in the industry will lead you to believe that they created bands um that they created the success of bands like record label people and our people will be like i discovered so and so I think all of that's horse shit. I think if you write really good music, your audience will find you. Who who you pick up on the way is up to you. The decisions you make are really important in, you know, where your end game is. But if you write really good songs, it's going to work out. And I think that's, I mean, that's I the agree. most important thing, you know? That's the answer that I give to people when they ask on stream, like, oh, how do I make it? It's literally... A, the word make it is it's not a straight line. B, no. Like, just make fucking good music because people will find it. Yeah. Like, don't go on to someone's fucking, some other band's post and spam your band. Like, some <laughs> oh, that's shitty my fucking least favorite marketing. Thing. Mate, the marketing tactics. And then you get the shit houses even further than that who sell these marketing courses and it's stuff like i saw andrew mack and any the, the, the algorithm one of blah, those blah, blah, blah. and andrew mack was oh wait it wasn't exactly what you're talking about but it was like a page where you could pay them to share his drumming video oh yeah and he, he just like took the control them for a bit yeah he's like one of my favorite people in the whole world and he's fucking hilarious and just the way that he st- strung those people along just killed me i couldn't deal with it yeah it was like they were saying to pay for a shout out and then he was just going f- made them end up saying so much fucking shit and then he did actually pay them the money I, yeah it was funny as well <laughs> but yeah i can't it's weird because i'm in like i'm in two minds about the whole thing, like especially the guy that I just said, the, if anyone doesn't know, there's a guitarist called Buried Alive and it, it's it's quite obviously, it's put up and it's oh, it's very, 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 very edited 
And but it, I mean, it looks like the guy can play it, but because of this culture of everything must be fucking stu- stupidly shiny, it's CD quality audio with a guy with a video of a guy playing, and you've got fifty percent of the people who are amazed by it and fifty percent who are infuriated by it. <laughs> the end of the day, it's working, but in my head, I'm like. Ugh. Should that be your tactic? There was to, a, infuri- yeah. to infuriate. <laughs> Wasn't there? Um, this has happened before. Heart um, machine. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was. Al. I was in that band. <laughs> Were yeah. you? I was in. The, yeah, I played the drums on the album. No shit. Yeah, and they, they faked songs. it to look like Alex Rudinger. Fucking hell. Um. Yeah. Couldn't fucking play. Still can't play. It's fucking 11 years later. Wow. That was 11 years ago. 11 fucking years ago. Fuck. I have been married, divorced. Like, I've done so much in those 11 <laughs> years. So that guy is still fucking doing nothing. I, um, yeah. Wow. I remember looking at those videos when we were recording Singularity in 2012. Fuck, I don't even... 2000... I don't even know. <laughs> 2012, the album came out, but it was written in 2010. Right. You, maybe it was... Yeah, it would have been in 2012 that I saw it. I think it was because yeah. of Nolly. I can't remember. Yeah. It was so long ago. Yeah. But it was... Uh, you know, that that's a lesson there. Like, unless you've <laughs> got the fucking chops to back it up. You will be doing nothing for 11 years. Well, I think it's important for you to be able to play above the music you're performing. Cause how so you else? can drink two bottles of wine. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Have more fun. To bring you down to just, <laughs> just about nailing it. Perform well. I, th- I think you have to have an ability that's above what you're playing. 100%. Yeah. I never play at my at my like capacity live like out of a whole tour there's maybe two shows where i went i think oh fuck yeah i nailed it Mm. the rest of them are like i'm fucking blowing it but you've just got to make your skill level so much higher over getting it right that when you quote unquote blow it live it's still the the correct performance we've all blown it live (laughs) oh fuck yeah i remember that tour we did together i fucking that's one of the times I think Tom threw like some song I'd never played live before. I think we were in fucking, where were we? Was that the Amity tour? Yeah. Yeah. We were in Switzerland and Tom threw, it was before I was playing to a click and Tom threw like some song I'd never played before. It was like, yeah, we're going to play this tonight because Switzerland loves it. I was like, okay, the five people here love it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they stream really high here. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't done it. I haven't done it in ages and then Drew came in wrong and we had to fucking stop oh the song and start again on like on stage. That's fucked. That is not okay. <laughs> Jeez. No, I've we've had some doozies in the past. Um really bad ones. I my most embarrassing note uh moment was in um I think it was in Sweden and it was on the Mesmer cycle. So there was about fucking 20 people at the show 
and there was this part in a song where it was literally just me playing over a synth part and I had these like Pink Floyd style part I had to play like real David Gilmore-y like a few notes held really long soul. with Pure a cl- soul. very clean sounding guitar and I just played the wrong fucking note and held it because oh. I was like where do I go from here <laughs> <laughs> so exposed uh, yeah it like, was like just me there's like you could swing a cat in the room and it's just these pricks looking at me like fuck you why, why, why did i come here tonight to watch this shit um it's so fucking funny yeah and like man oh my band didn't you ever let have it sh- go for days <laughs> yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> do you ever have that fu- that fucking like because you guys are on like crazy in-ear fucking system you ever have that fuck up no i always just think that when i see it i just think this looks like trouble no never it's all like never no because we tour our own never con- gremlin never had no. a gremlin we tour our own console and everything so it's it's never skipped a beat actually because we're not relying on other people to do that for yeah, us. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess you can probably make you might probably have less fuck ups. Yeah, one time we played at a festival in Australia called Big Day Out, and and Deftones were on the bill, and um, Nick and John had some interviews before we played it about midday ish. And just turned up to the stage absolutely fucking smashed. And um, Nick, like when he gets drunk, has an alter ego called Pete, who's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. I don't get to see Pete very often. I'm kind of yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him drunk. No, nah, it's it's because he he just likes to be admirably. He likes to be in control of his shit and not a mess. But on this day, he was a mess and. For one of the very few times that I've known him, played like fucking shit. And I've done it before. I'm not throwing him under the bus. But the worst part about it was we were having this dog shit fucking show. And I looked to my right and Stephen Carpenter was watching us play. And I was just like, oh, God. (laughs) What have we done? That'll be it. He he just thinks North Lane suck now. Yeah, and and I had... um, GoPro footage on my computer from Nick playing that day and he it, it's he made me delete it so <laughs> no one would ever get to see it <laughs> which That's I don't so blame him funny. for and I feel bad even saying anything about Nick that isn't wonderful because he's just one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life and he's an incredible drummer but fuck we've all sucked at certain times Oh, fuck yeah. I suck all the time. It's so annoying. <laughs> just on a constant... I'm, on, I'm more now I'm on a constant quest to make my level of sucking just fine. Yeah. Just make it so it's like, oh, I blew it, but it's okay. Honestly, streaming on Twitch has really fucking helped that. Yeah. Because I'll like... I'll run through a stray set and in my head, I'll, I think like, this is fucking laborious. I'm playing like shit. And then I go home and I watch it because I'm a fucking psychopath and I want to, oh, you were fucking shit. Let's find out where we were shit so we can fix it. And I watch it back and I'm like, oh. 
That's the best good. way to get better at playing, though, is to record yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. But you notice weird stuff like, oh, shit, I'm speeding up there. That's why that section's hard. And then next time you just fucking slow down a little bit and it's way easier. I feel like Whereas you hear you it different just, as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I had this chat with, I can't remember who I was, I think I was talking about with Matt Halpern about like when you're performing, it's like the space between zero and one, like as in like fucking click one and click two is infinite. And when you're playing and you're on that like next level, the like the fractals between zero and one is getting fucking north laney now. Uh, <laughs> like so, so zoomed in that any kind of like microscopic mistake at the time feels like the end of the fucking world. And then mm. you hear it back and you're like, no, I was just like resonating on a frequency that was picking up that shit. But overall it's perfect. That's so wild. This re- kind of reminds me of something I heard Dan Searle say. I think it might've been on your podcast that as well like one of the things that happens over time is you kind of have muscle memory from all the practice that you did when you were younger um so you can take time off playing and then bounce back pretty easily as well he he doesn't practice and then i remember when we we all played fucking unified like last summer for you like january mm. and he hadn't played the drums in like fucking three months and he yeah. just went and headlined a festival and fucking ripped that's fucked God, like sometimes i take breaks from playing like when i'm off at home um and i find it's good because i kind of come back with a fresh perspective and like really eager to play um but i still have to woodshed before i go on tour like, I don't know anyone who doesn't have to do that. I guess he doesn't. Uh, Dan, yeah, Dan. I mean, Kyle Brownlee barely practices when he's at home. Counterparts, Kyle. That's um, I mean, you you know from training, I find it's like I train so hard at train, quote unquote, like playing drums when I'm at home uh, that I get pushed into like getting worse and then I take time off and then the super compensation kicks in and then mm. I'm better. And I just need to figure out the the amount of break that is perfect because I just because I just get fucking bored. So I'm just that's like, I'll really play drums interesting. Today and I'll go to the gym. I I think that's probably uh, I'm pissing in the wind here, but I think that's probably mental fatigue because like takes a lot of mental energy to play an instrument, and if you do it a lot like you only have so much mental capacity in a day that you can take on it has a huge strain on that that's why you can't yeah. you can't focus on other things as well you know you no one's a robot and can go 100 percent all day like just give me the drug that allows me to do that though, <laughs> you know without like a serious come down <laughs> doesn't it's, exist it's interesting because like in you know sports or sports and athletics or weightlifting whatever overtraining is a huge problem it it was like the biggest thing that i did wrong when i was younger and only in later stages i've learned how to offset training with recovery properly maybe you need to do the same thing with your brain when it comes to playing an instrument because i know exactly what you're talking about and it's happened to me as well 
And then you just come back and you're like, oh, not only am I better at this, but I'm enjoying it yeah. more. Maybe just because you're relaxed. I, I, don't, I don't know. There's so many weird things about like playing music that, you know, to my knowledge, have never been studied and we kind of know them intrinsically as artists. But that, like, I always like to know the science behind stuff and have the answers to it because I find it just makes life easier for me because I'm one of those kind of analytical people. But yeah it's it's there's shit about playing music that's just so fascinating to me that you you can't explain you know like you could never explain to someone what it's like playing a show and having a really great crowd because that feeling just doesn't exist in any other way even even with like drugs and stuff it doesn't exist you cannot explain it do you know what's weird about that it's like emotion i can't remember i think germany has a word for it I like, but I of course they is. do. Is they have a word for everything. Um, <laughs> emotions that you can't explain. Fuck. I wish I knew the word. I would sound so clever, but I don't. I know that it's there and it's German. But like, I had the weirdest one the other day. This is like being on stage is definitely one of them. You can't explain the emotion. It's like ten different types of, especially if you're playing a song that means something to you. Oh, it's ten different types me. of emotion at fucking once. Yeah. Um, but I had like a fucking. I had a dream about my old dog the other day, and I woke up and it was the the strangest sensation because it was like sadness at the same time as like I felt like I'd seen like an old friend. At the same time as, like, angry uh, situation. It was like I had fucking uh, just mainlined all emotions at exactly the same fucking time. It was the strangest shit ever. Oh, that sucks, man. Playing music's like that, though. It is. Dude, it brings me to tears sometimes. Like, when I've gone through a really rough patch and I play an incredible show and you can see how much the songs mean to people in the crowd and you just get that feeling it brings me to tears i don't know how marcus gets through it i really don't that fucking your latest shit as well is like yeah really really deeply personal shit he's the most fucking resilient guy i've ever met in my life he just he rolls with the punches like better than anyone i know came into his own as well yeah he's transformed man like as a person you know like he um i find him just so inspirational because he like i remember like especially when we were writing alien he would tell me these stories of all this fucked up shit that's happened to him right and still happening today and you know i don't really want to go into it because it's his shit to talk about it's not my place but just the resilience that he has to you know want to make the world a better place and and share his story through art with like a message of hope underlying instead of playing the fucking victim you know and i'm and i don't mean to speak in terms of relativity because you know especially with trauma it's relative to the experience but i know a lot of people that have been through a lot less shit than him that just fucking bitch and moan about it all day and it and it's the the only barrier in their life that's holding them back 
and yet he just lets it roll off his back like it's water you know i just yeah respect I'm, yeah respect marcus respect. Can't really, yeah that's that's maybe i'll get him on the podcast if he wants to fucking talk about it i don't know <laughs> if I, can see I wouldn't um he like yeah li- lyrically your last two records are like fucking hard to listen to <laughs> sometimes like, yeah not like in a bad in a bad in a bad way it, it was band, yeah it's funny because like when he joined the band i was writing lyrics which i still think are terrible <laughs> and because he just wasn't ready and then he transitioned into doing it but when we did alien the way it worked like he he had all these things that he wanted to talk about and he couldn't like at that stage he wasn't really able to process it all and make anything out of it and he said to me like oh i don't even know if i like you know wrote about these things people would even care and i was like dude they will trust me and he would like tell me something that's happened and i would write notes of this story right write it out and then you know try and pull a meaning out of that or just something that he learned from it um and then we would kind of build the song around that and now he's at the point where he's doing it himself and i'm just you know like we said earlier staying out of his shit and if he wants to bounce something off me he can or i make a suggestion sure but i just let him run with it and it's like taken a long time for him to get there but you know the way he's doing it now is just effortless like the shit he's writing for the album we're working on right now i fucking love it um and i think he's got the hardest stuff out of the way but yeah it's really cool to see because he copped it when he joined the band man like that was fucking hard for him he's always gonna though everyone yeah everyone always cops it <clears throat> i mean north Lane was maybe worse than most with people being fucking annoyed so you get the people who are like they genuinely preferred the old singer and then you get the people that just i feel like they just want to say they did they didn't really like it at the time why do both of them even need to fucking tell the world that (laughs) oh that's the other point that's the biggest problem in your fucking head this is the biggest problem with social media. I, I Look, the, the, people have gone into this shit heaps. I don't want to dwell on it, but it gives everyone an equal platform that they shouldn't fucking have. And, and you know, um, when it comes to people that are well-known, like artists, it, you know, it's just they speak to you like you're not a person because... Yeah. Because... You know, they're, they're not suddenly talking shit to your face. People don't do that. But when they're behind a fucking screen and they know that they're probably never going to run into you face to face, they'll say whatever they want and they dehumanize you um, because you're an artist. You're not it's a so friend. Weird. Social media is really fucked up in some ways. Like, Do you yeah. reckon it's going to ruin humanity like i i don't i i don't want to this what- is a rabbit hole because like it, it kind of i mean look at what facebook did to the way news got shared 
in australia we had all of our news sites pulled from facebook because they refused to pay for sharing um journal journalistic articles um it's it's back online now but yeah there's like you know echo chambers of what you think and you know new so sources. the echo chambers are so big now yeah like conspiracy theory shit dude, is millions of people so of course psycho. they fucking think they're right yeah i man and then that's before you even get into like the inherent rudeness that people have now like how long until that is in daily life like just walking up to someone going hey your shoes suck <laughs> like, yeah but i reckon that's the way shit used to be but you reckon people just get fucking slapped yeah but we don't say that shit because we've been punched in the face before yeah, but that's what i mean there's no it, surely there's going to be a little crossover moment where people like kids assume the way that people talk on the internet is how they should talk in real life or you reckon the punching will still happen and therefore it will self-limit i reckon um yeah i think so i i i guess like the same problem with conspiracy theories is kind of related to what you're talking about because everyone has an equal platform where they really fucking shouldn't if you don't know shit about something people shouldn't have the, the opportunity to listen to your opinion on it i think um it's probably yeah. a really like controversial thing for me to say but i just think it's yeah, fucking think ridiculous right. like well, you People, couldn't like, know know your lane and stay in your fucking lane yeah like, I, but, ain't, I ain't leaving a comment on fucking nasa video going i oh, yeah, made that rocket different well that's the <laughs> like, thing you know I mean? like if if you you know you're not going to submit a fucking white paper on rocket technology to nasa because I watched a YouTube video. Exactly. That fucking so Disney why, is yeah, I don't making know, our rockets. The Disney worst, is feminizing <laughs> our rockets. The worst part is, though, there's no trust there because news sources are corrupt. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of fuels itself because people don't trust the government. They don't trust the news. There's vested interests everywhere. And that's why this shit's so rife in the first place social media has just kind of given it a vehicle to take off but you know i i get why it happens just some of the shit is just insane you know the craziest one that i've come across is this guy called pete evans who's a a celebrity chef from australia who's just gone off the fucking deep end he was selling like thirty thousand dollar uv lamps that apparently would like ah the ones the grift that has shit the grift that has an item is my favorite because it's to me it's just so obvious they're just trying to sell something like yeah you can maybe have an incorrect opinion about something because you've been misled but then to go well it's like the fucking Mormons all over again. It's like, <laughs> I've been told that this UV light will destroy all negative energies. Like, okay, who told you this? Yeah. <laughs> what is but negative people energy? People fucking buy it. Yeah, people it's fucking psycho, buy it. Man. It's psycho. Speaking of that, speaking of that, but like still on topic, are you a biohacker? Is there any biohacking going on? A man that trains? Because yeah. that, that dips into the realm of like some of it is complete fucking horseshit but some of it is absolutely fucking beneficial no real thin line there i think uh kind of works hand in hand with my 
well, I'm not going to say fascination, but I want to know the facts behind everything, why you do it, why it works. Um, I use so much shit. Like, there's so much yeah, tech. Yeah, I thought I could, I could see, Man. I could see in you that you got a li- you got the subs, you there's, got supplements. There's happening. so much technology in sport. No, it's like beyond that. So nutrition is one side of it. Um. The best thing that I've come across, I don't even know if it's biohacking, but I use this thing called a Whoop, which is like a fitness tracker, I guess, but it tracks my sleep, tracks my, you know, how well recovered I am and how Oh, I've seen the one and it like gives you a percentage of recovery. Yeah, and that's taught me a lot of stuff about recovery. Um, it's taught me how harmful drinking alcohol is for example for recovery if i have more than a glass of wine and i have it right before bed my recovery would be dog shit like so the other day i got pissed up in the spa on red wine went to bed (laughs) got eight hours of sleep and my recovery was like 13 percent, and i didn't even fucking do anything that day so what because it tracks your sleep yeah, but if you drink alcohol like that, the effect it has on your cardiovascular system is pretty significant. I feel that if yeah. I'm hungover, like walking is difficult. Yeah, so what it pretty much your body has to work really hard and you don't rest properly because your body's processing it. So you wake up it's and you're still fucked. Yeah. And then that day I ran like 12, 13 k's of hills and then did a weight session. Um, So like a decent training day, not a massive one, but not a small one. Had a really good sleep last night, did everything right. As far as recovery goes, this morning I was like 87% recovered. So yeah, it's taught me stuff like that. I find it really helpful. There's a few supplements I use, but it's not for the same goals that you would have. It's just like, you know, I I have like a certain electrolyte drink that I like. Or, you know, if I know that I'm, like right now I'm doing a strength block, I'll eat more protein in my diet, but I'll have it in a way where I'll go out and train and then I'll make like a smoothie but it'll have protein in it and the reason i'll do that is to give myself an insulin spike from the fruit but there'll be like a banana in there with magnesium to stop me from getting sore and it's just all little tricks like that you learn over time yeah. uh that all sounds like shit i do uh, i yeah. had a fucking point i had a point with this and i fucking forgot what it was um <laughs> about the fucking biohacking oh, i can't fucking i can't remember something about fucking rec- oh no shit what i was gonna say was uh i have legitimate sleep anxiety so i tried to use one of those fucking sleep apps and it was like i have insomnia at the best of times oh. it it scaled it up to five fucking billion because i would go to sleep i would wake up the app would say i've only had two percent fucking of a restless uh, of uh, deep sleep yeah and i would fucking freak out so whoop is different because it it's a tracker that stays on your wrist all the time so it's not your phone guessing it's like legit. it was a, it was a it was a it was a fucking apple watch app and you like keep oh, it on no. when you're sleeping. That, it was fucking it's horrible. Not, it's not the same. It's not the same. 
I, I've done that. I use, when I first started training again, I used Apple Watch and it wasn't, wasn't anything like this. Because I, I, I think I naturally move around in my sleep. So mm. I, would, I would wake up and I would think that I've had a good night's sleep. I'd look at the fucking clock thing and it would say, you only had 18 minutes of deep sleep. And then I would freak out about it for the rest of the day instead of just thinking, <laughs> I feel pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to that, I think feel over everything is important. You know, a, a lot of like people that are involved in cycling kind of fall into this sort of problem where they're focusing on metrics instead of feels. So exactly, that's me. They'll that's be me. looking at their power meter and going, "Oh, I can only put this power out for this amount of time instead of this is what I feel like I can do today." But you know, I found a few tricks work with sleeping for me because I'm an insomniac as well. Like when I was younger, I used to stay up all night and shit. I'm one of those people. Um, I try Have not you got anything more than the fucking screens? Don't give me the fucking screen bullshit. <laughs> Don't give me the fucking blue light bullshit. Give um, me a fucking nu- a nugget. I have to read for about 15 minutes before I go to sleep. Not on a phone, like an actual book. I don't have one here. Yeah, this is kind of delving into that. But the best thing that I found is like liquid melatonin tinctures. I fuck heavily with melatonin. It's like I micro dose it and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And you got me this stuff that's like you put it under your tongue and it just helps me fall asleep. But I have to clear my mind out. And like training in the morning kind of sets me up to end up at that place when I go to sleep because by the time I go to sleep, I'm so fucking drained. If I don't Mm. exercise, I can't sleep at all. Like I'll be up until 3 a.m., you know. I feel like I haven't achieved, even on the like there's a, a body level, but also mentally, if I haven't exerted that day i feel incomplete i feel mm. like I, had, I don't almost don't deserve the sleep you don't deserve this you didn't fucking do anything you should still be Piece fucking of working. shit <laughs> i'm a fucking lunatic and when i talk about it out loud i'm like no i i feel exactly the same way i feel dissatisfied and i'm like why do you have this nice fucking bike if you don't ride it prick you fucking wanker you yeah. shouldn't be sleeping right tomorrow tomorrow we're fucking going nuts I'm actually, I didn't, didn't work out yesterday, Did, but I got drunk today. I'm trying basically, 2021, I'm trying to drink less because 2020 I drank and other stuff. The most out of any year of my fucking life. I reckon I took, yeah. most I reckon I've did. taken 10 years off my life yeah. in the last year. So this year I'm like, I'm going to try and lose my little belly that I've got. So I'm drinking like, I'll drink one beer a day. Sometimes yeah. not that, but then then on Sunday I actually got really pissed. Nice. Slept slept like shit though that yeah. night, and then last night I went to bed really early because of it. But because I went to bed really early, I woke up really early. I text you at fucking six thirty a.m. Like I'm awake if you want to oh, do that's this. Crazy. You know what I found was really helpful for me to cut down drinking alcohol free beers. Because they're so sick, aren't they? I crave beers, right? I have one of those and it like scratches the itch for me, but I'm not really drinking alcohol. And then I'm like, I've, I'm stoked because I got what I wanted, but 
none of the negative effects of it. I still have a wine on the weekends sometimes. Like, I got pissed the night we got here because we got a bit carried away. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I used to drink a fair bit and now alcohol-free beer in the week and maybe a wine or two on the weekend. Have you got a favourite alcohol-free beer? There's a couple. I only say this because I, I go, I actively look for new ones. Yeah, I don't know Have if you- they'll be available to you. There was one called, uh, I think it's called a Quiet XBA. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I can't Australia remember. Got it. I can't remember who makes them. Man, the the best scene for all that shit is is Germany. I remember when I first started going there, I was like, why the fuck do they have alcohol-free beer in a pub? Now that I'm older and less fucking stupid and up my own ass... I'll have one of those, please. I realise that I, I think that's a really great thing because there's been times where I've gone out to bars where I didn't necessarily want to drink, but I wanted to catch up with friends and you still want to have a beer, so, you know. Yeah. They should have that, that everywhere. Fucking, I can't remember what it's the called. The culture's fucked. You know, alcohol drinking culture, especially in Australia, the UK is pretty bad too. Oh, it's just fucking Australia terrible. Australia and the UK are fucking just as bad as each yeah. other. Yeah, you want to go to the fucking pub, cunt? Yeah, seriously. Good point, though. Yeah, I know. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The minute, the minute we say it's fucking nine a.m. <laughs> oh. oh, good point. Um. I've got what? What have I got to say? How long have we been doing this? I don't. I, this is the most unprofessional podcast with forty thousand monthly listeners in the world, probably. I yeah. reckon. Which is my favourite thing about it. <laughs> um, I got to ask you your top five bands at some point. I don't even know. This could be. This could be forty minutes. This could be my, fucking hour and a half. My top no five bands. Yeah. Number Let's one. Let's just do it now. Number one. Oh, l- listen, no one ever, no one ever doesn't complain. You've literally just come straight in with like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fuck with it. Um, number one, <laughs> Slayer. He's wearing the t-shirt. He's not wearing the tuxedo. I made it up. <laughs> all right, let's all right. Let's deep dive on some Slayer then. All right. Give me your fucking favorite Slayer album. Uh... Probably, I mean, Rain in Blood, definitely, but I've overplayed it. Yeah. Show No Mercy, I love. I love Seasons. Um, Wait, do you know what I realized I love Hello Waits. I, I really like the shit kind of before the early 90s, but the best Slayer album is um, Decade of Aggression, the live album. That is fucking incredible because the recordings are kind of shit on their first few records, for better or worse. Like, it's the sound. But Slayer is a band that you have to experience live to really understand it. And I didn't... No, you can't. And I didn't get it. um, Yeah, no, you can't. I didn't get it until I listened to that live album and I was just like, holy fuck, this is psycho. It is so I have that album on tape. No on shit. On double double tape cassette. I also have a first pressing of Show No Mercy. I only realised this the other day, right? Um, on vinyl and side two, I think, just says side 66 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's side one and side 66 and a half. Nice. That's sick. It's fucking sick. Um, 
Well, that's fucking... Right, where do you stand on God Hates Us All? I think it's great. I fucking love it. Yeah. Like, uh, like proper fucking American meathead fucking Slayer fans. Sorry if that's, you're one of them, but fuck off. You're not listening to a North Lane <laughs> podcast, so you shouldn't be here. Um, like, some people hate it. Disciple is one of my favourite Slayer it's songs. It's one of the best songs ever written in metal. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah. Dude, so I, that was so hard when it came out. Like, even the lyrics, man, fuck me. Like, so direct, straight to the point. Like, I loved it. It really that spoke to me. That album's got... Uh, came out on the fucking September 11th, didn't it? 2001. Mm. Yeah, I was time. young and impressionable. And, and like, around that time, the other shit that was coming out that my friends were, like, showing me was, like, Linkin Park and... You know, Limp Biscuit was kind of blowing up then, and I kind of like I, I delved into Slipknot, but then I heard that, and I was like, "This is on another fucking level." Like I would say, on the same level as a record like Iowa, um, and Slip oh. and Slipknot yeah, is absolutely. Slipknot is in my top five, um, but yeah, no, I man, I I don't think the thing is with Slayer like. When you're in a band that long, you release that many albums, you're going to have ups and downs. Like, it's inevitable. But to their credit, as a live band, they were always as good as ever, you know. I've never... Oh, I've it's seen fucking them, unbelievable. Every time I, I saw them live, it's like a fucking fuse just breaks in my brain and I turn into a caveman. Yeah. And it's just the sickest shit ever. Um but like I thought one of their best songs they ever wrote was Repentless and and that that's like you know very late in their career so yeah I I don't know why you'd ever talk shit on them they're the greatest yeah, metal band the of one all time. thing I feel like they fucking I feel like they got out at the right time like the climate is not slayer friendly right now <laughs> even to the, even even to the point right fuck I was listening to uh Rain in Blood uh, at the gym the other day so I've got my studio I've got a squat rack so I, I say the gym but it was I just put my Sonos on fucking max and I just <laughs> just fucking work out in there but I was listening to Angel of Death and then like it's really loud and there's obviously other people in other rooms that can hear me and the fucking lyric is to benefit the Aryan race <laughs> and I'm like oh my god yeah, what if someone wrote, doesn't know Slayer this, I know yeah. they're writing I know it's written in you know it's like a horror film it's written like yeah. a fucking script that was about Goebbels uh, imagine walking I, past uh, yeah. it's about um, Mendes the guy that did the experiments in right. yeah, that fucking horrible shit um, but like uh, obviously I'm not fucking there's no I'm not trying to oh, fucking cancel Slayer it's like are you going to cancel every film about the fucking holocaust like yeah, no exactly. um, but I just thought if someone walked past like someone because there's like indie bands that practice there that has no knowledge of Slayer but it's not like <laughs> oh there's a fucking skinhead in, in here <laughs> yeah wait, it's not like incoherent so they can hear the words and then he says that and then I walk out with like a fuck. I mean, I've got an eagle tattooed on the back of my head. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are people going to think? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's for the fucking headphones. Anyway, number two. Tall. Who you got? Does, yeah. Fear Inoculum. Love it. Come on. Do you love it? Love it. 
Yeah. Where does it sit in your tall discography, though? Last. Third. Third? Yeah. Each their own. Go on. Wait on. Well, give me a fucking tall top five, then. Top five? Well, as in, like, give me your order for tall albums. If Fear and Oculum's third. 10,000 Days is my favourite. What? <laughs> yeah. And, and the second would be The Holy Gift. Which is, um, do you know about that? It's like the three fucking songs that are same fucking bullshit, backwards, same time, playing, whatever it is, it's the way that Lateralis should be or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's like that they so fucking psycho that they wrote Lateralis in a way that had clues in it. So you could Did it actually happen though? Or is it some fucking no, boring you could, you could go listen kid. to it on YouTube. It's sick. And it works perfectly. Yeah. But has it ever been t- said that it was them? Or is it something? Because I feel like they've got so much weird shit. You could just be like, well, actually, if you overlay this on top of this, it does sound okay. Because one of the tracks is just... Yeah, but that... <laughs> Him squeezing his cat. It's like track three on Lateralis. Just main half, half of their albums are just shit like that. Like their records. I know that's what I mean. A few been- bangers, and then no, it's they use like the Fibonacci sequence to do it. And yeah, do they actually though, or do they just fucking? I'm looking it up right now. Proof that the Holy Gift is real. Toolband Reddit. I think it's legit. Reddit. Oh, so it must be real. <laughs> After everything we've said. I'm looking it up now on Reddit. <laughs> so, I mean, I could come out. If someone came out and said, oh, Craig deliberately made all of the drums on internal atomics so that if you played them backwards, they made this. I would probably go, yeah, I did do that. I'm clever. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, no. 10,000 Days is my favourite album. Um, I know it's not everyone's favourite, but I just really love the song. I mean, it's on fucking it. sick. Yeah. It's sick. And the production's great. So I would go that I number one. I feel like one. the production's the, the best. Yeah. That, Lateralis. You know, I, I think... Um, yeah, is it Enem- here it is. Enema's probably number three for Yeah, me. of course it is. And yeah. then Fear and then okay. Oculum. Yeah, that's fine. That's what I wanted. Then, that's what I knew. And then the rest. <laughs> do you not like uh, Undertow? I do, but I don't love it like the other oh, records. I love it. I yeah. feel like Undertow is before 10,000 Days for me. Yeah, it's it, it's just a bit raw for me. But I, I didn't start listening to Tool when it came out. Like I started listening to Tool when 10,000 Days came out. So, you know, like some people when they get into a band later on in the career they might not always appreciate the earlier yeah. work the same way you know i feel like the f- the f- the first what's that five undertow anima lateralis Ten Thousand days or the first four i feel are all 10 out of 10s mm. and then fear and oculums an eight that's how i feel and when it takes 13 fucking years to give me an eight I'm a little bit fucking pissed off. <laughs> I had a tweet yesterday go re-viral for some reason because some meme, some meme page reshared it and it was from fucking over a year ago. 
where I think I just tweeted saying I'd learned guitar last year in lockdown amidst all of the fucking drinking. I learned a bit of guitar and I was like, I'm not being funny, guys. I just fucked around in drop D for an hour. There is no way Fear of Oculum took 13 years to write. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, don't be. Oh, you're going to be so fucked No, they definitely just fucked around. We might get the tool tour, so I'm going right. to be really fucking diplomatic. No, they got so much... Um, money that they probably just didn't give a shit until they really had to record it and and i mean maynard's got his other shit going on you know so yeah i feel bad i'm not slagging it at all i mean i am aren't i I didn't mean the songs grew on me like the songs are fucking great yeah i didn't love it at first but then over time i've come to love it but i think with tool like you need to listen to those songs again and again and again to like deconstruct them and appreciate them. And maybe a lot of people just haven't done that yet with this record. I feel like I haven't done that yet. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'll go back. Because I remember the fucking, the Pneuma, whatever it's called. Pneuma with a P at the beginning. Um Newman with a P at the beginning. I mean, that was fucking classic tool for me. But yeah. also, like, I feel like their mix wasn't as good. No, it definitely wasn't. I hate to be that guy because I've it's just not, been talking when, about those guys. But I have to, the fucking platform. I can say yeah. what I fucking want. When you AB it to 10,000 days, it's definitely not as dense. It's the same fucking guy, though. Yeah. I mean... Do you know what also, I like? You, like, it's obviously completely unedited as well, which I think all of them are but it just feels a little bit rawer. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Anyway. Man, anyway, I, I don't know about them, the rest so of my fucking... We'll never tour at all. No way. That'd be a good tour. Would be. be. a great tour. No one would give a fuck about us. Yeah, they would. You got all the fucking space fucking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> by, by space bollocks, I mean, uh, yeah, the artwork shit. I, yeah, you'd be a well good. That'd be a well good tour. I don't know how to fully rattle off the rest of my top five because there's a lot of bands that I really love. So I'm just going to give just, you a few others. Yeah, go. I love Pink Floyd. Um, give me your, what's your favorite Pink Floyd album? Animals. Is it? Yeah. What's your? Give what? me your top three Pink Floyd then. Pink Floyd songs. No, albums. Animals, Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here. Okay, good. That's fine. Yeah. If you put the wall in there in your top three, <laughs> I, just fu- I just fucking hate Roger Waters. I can't fucking yeah. stand him. Um, hey. other bands I'm just talking shit on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really give a fuck. Oh, no. Straight from the bar, I was never going to support Pink Floyd. <laughs> fuck. I fucking love Limp Bizkit. I was going to say that when you said that about Limp Biscuit and Slayer. I was like, I swear he likes Limp Biscuit. No, I love Limp Biscuit. Like top five, love? Probably, but I think I got more than five bands in my top five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. What The thing with Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst just dates it exactly to the time. Do you know what I mean? It's not like. It was a special time, though. (laughs) It was a a special time, and yeah, we are coming back around on like that being 20 years ago and the nostalgia thing. 
the music it's fucking incredible yeah it's Limp so Bizkit sick is fucking so sick so, so fucking sick. bouncy um alright what else have we got but like if only we could fly <laughs> <laughs> so sick uh, is it <laughs> I love the red hot chili peppers. Oh, what the fuck? We're gonna have to end this. And and you know who else loves the red hot chili peppers? Tom Williams. <laughs> John Dealey loves the red hot chili peppers. Really? Yeah. And we like love them. Love them. Absolutely love them. Hapa da ba do. Hapa da ba de. I love my sugar. Obviously, that took a while. Yeah, uh, chili peppers before my sugar. I told you this wasn't in order, mate. Nah, the, but the first it is two kind of it, on a subconscious level. You've put limp biscuit and red hot chili peppers above my sugar, which is fine. I love. Did I mention Slipknot? I did. You did, yeah. I fucking. I want to go Slipknot. more on the uh, red hot chili peppers though. All What's right. your favorite chip? What's your favorite? I tell you what I think I hate Red Hot Chili Peppers and why I hate the Foo Fighters. And I don't hate either band, right? But being a drum teacher for 10 years oh, you've with tattoos. Teach people their songs? It's not even the teaching, right? That's fine. I love that because I, you know, I got into Chili Peppers and shit like that when I was a kid. Um, it's, which means that I must like it, but, and Foo Fighters, but it's when... The parents, like, are so... It's just kind of cute, but they're, like, kind so desperate to show you that they like rock. Oh, fuck Because me. I've got tattoos. <laughs> and it's ten, year, 10 years of, like, yeah, we, we like everything, really. You know, we're into, like, the Bit heavy stuff, like the, like, the, like, the foos. The heavy <laughs> stuff, like the foos, the chilies. And all that did, right, over 10 years is just chip away. That, mm. that word chipped into my brain, foos. And oh, chilies. I never had and the patience like, for teaching. I loved it. I absolutely. Yeah. I, it was a means to an end at the time, but then I grew to fucking absolutely love it. Yeah, Nick does it. He he loves it. I don't do it anymore. Um, it did burn me out. What else have we got? Oh, we. Do, I told you Slipknot. I mean, um, we're at we're at like band nine of your top five. So I it doesn't fucking matter. love Behemoth. Absolutely yeah. love Behemoth. Fuck yeah! What's your favorite Behemoth album? Uh, the Satanist. Evangelion's great. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to go for because of the production. Evangelion, I feel like, is my favourite. Yeah, but here's the thing. Evangelion's, like, I guess you'd call it blackened death, death metal. metal. Blackened death metal. I think when they did The Satanist, it's just way more interesting and unique in terms of Isn't musicality. Isn't it sick? Isn't it sick that they did the opposite of every other black metal band ever that gets big, where black metal bands like Dimmu Borgir and stuff got higher production less black metal-y and then Behemoth went from Backwards. super black metal to pretty pretty death metal and then they just went okay here's a fucking satanic black metal album and it's well, our biggest album man it, it's the most incredible thing to me about that album is the story behind it like the songs are phenomenal um, and I think they're just one of the 
most creative metal bands in the world and i think nurgle's a fucking genius but he um he he is a genius the fact that he, he loves he, to fucking test test stuff as well take, which take i kind of love yeah he, he um like you know he almost died from cancer and and then people told him that he was gonna die and obviously like he's a public figure in poland and he's always butting heads with the church there so there was shit around that and then he lived and then wrote that album about a, you know it, it it's just i think it's just so special i think it's incredible yeah it's fucking sick guys a fucking legend yeah i um, also think you know i i think it's a this is a complete fucking uh what's the word like fork in the road just sort of twist on it but him and the guy i can't remember his fucking name the guitarist from dark funeral right when everyone was putting the blm squares in their profiles right um you know talking about echo chamber most of my friends posted it and obviously i would expect them to uh, or it, you know, either say something about it or whatever, because I know that they're not fucking secretly racist. But when people who are prominent in black metal shared it, it actually meant a lot. Like, I think they were the most meaningful BLM yeah. black squares in the music community. Were from people that in my head I often thought, I wonder if they're secretly a massive racist. Well, bl- and they man. lost fans. Yeah, black metal's really like I went to inferno festival once a few years ago in norway yeah fuck me that is pretty black metal yeah sick sick so fucking sick who headlined uh there was one night dimu one night opas opas are in this list as well they're fuck yeah they're all time for me yeah same maybe even my favorite um probably listen to them more than any other band i'm a seasonal opeth listener the first rain of september to about march i just <laughs> listened i literally yeah. i just listened to opeth yeah um well my my partner loves opeth too angie and we yeah we always have them playing i just think they're incredible but there was them i i guess the other standouts uh ragnarok were incredible um and I'm, i was so fucking drunk the, the whole time i'm trying to think who else i saw but anyway i guess like my point is that nsbm is still rife it's fucking massive fucking huge there's like because i was a foreigner speaking english with my friend you know we got staunched a bit and there's people walking around with like op- like openly racist patches on their jackets and shit of Nazi yeah. symbolism um, and, you know, all, all kinds of other things that are associ- associated with NSBM. And even, you know, because I follow a lot of these bands, if they do something that that crowd doesn't like, like they let it be known and it's fucking crazy to see people write shit like that on the internet in this day and age. Yeah. Like it is just, it's so 
fucking insane and i love that's the, why i love the genre but there's it's just such a fucking minefield because there's so much of that shit in it you just put oh i found this new black metal band you put it into google and then you put racist next to it and the <laughs> photo comes out like, oh for fuck's sake well, but dude, that's why i think it was so important yeah. that like prominent black metal figures like whether or not like the, the whole discussion of is was it you know should posting a black square on your instagram you know that's not the same as taking to the streets to or whatever that's the moot fucking point the fact that some people whose fan base is actively racist like posted that and lost i would say hundreds to thousands of fans is fucking sick mm. like when nurgle posted it like i know he loves to just be fucking like rub people up the wrong way on purpose and i love it because i relate to that because i fucking do it as well but like him posting that was just like just sick mm. and the guy from fucking dark funeral as well i think he got it worse than nurgle because nurgle was like mainstream people like nurgle but i'm sure there's a lot of fucking racist scumbags that listen to dark funeral and then oh, maybe yeah. just pop that pop that up it was so fucking sick very sick anyway anyway i need to eat man there's, got, there's one other band go on um i love idols i have never heard them right and the They're only sick. thing i know about them is that they ship out of the same merch company allotment as uh the downbeat yeah. and if i release anything at the same time as idols my shit gets delayed because they send so much fucking merch out so i hate them for no reason <laughs> <laughs> i think they're great they're, yeah what does it sound like it's i've punk. never heard it it's oh, it's sick. punk but it's like really accessible punk but i mean like punk punk not pop punk um and like really great message in their music really brings people together um yeah very sick so actually not not fucking waitrose uh fucking john lewis bbc radio six punk but oh, none of those words it. mean anything to you no. all of those words is like um in it <laughs> middle middle upper class uk supermarket no it's abrasive like um I, yeah i think they're awesome and they're blowing up so i i really like their album they have an album called joy is an act of resistance that a friend of mine um got me into that's and, a cool fucking title yeah and it, it's just the shit that they sing about is like very current in our political climate especially if you sit on the left like everyone in the music industry does and i just found it very relatable to listen to except black metal <laughs> yeah except black metal <laughs> anyway that's, that's it for me cool. yeah i'm gonna check it out and um Judas do we Priest have anything well. that i was supposed is it I, my mate's reading uh rob halford's autobiography at the moment so that i should definitely read it apparently yeah. it's fucking sick great band yeah all right have you got anything that i should have fucking talked about no <laughs> professional podcast host I was have you gonna, got anything that i should have spoke about i was gonna talk about tom williams and the drop bears but it's a long story so i'm gonna have to oh, save shit. it for another time i mean yeah we can just do this again all right sounds good you, you were, yeah um thanks mate send me a file 
and I'll uh, figure out slapping this up somewhere. Sounds good to me, Craig. Good to chat You're to you. You're a fucking legend. Yeah, nice one. That was sick. Take it easy. I love you. Take it easy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.